Naked Vibe Show. Are you ready to get naked? Welcome to the Naked Vibe Show. I'm Kimberly Kane. Over the next month, I'm doing a series for you that connects to the previous Master Your Energy series. And this has come at the perfect time because the energy of money is foundational energy, the first energy center in the body. If you're new to the podcast, be sure to go to nakedvibes.com, scroll back and listen to that series on mastering your energy, because it will really shed light on the ways we can build our personal power to live lives that bring us the most joy, fulfillment, and connection to purpose that we possibly can. Conversely, it will help you understand the areas where you're giving your power away and staying small in a self-imposed prison in many instances. I want you to reach for everything that's possible for you, and there's always so much more than we can even imagine. And imagining it is exactly what we need to be doing. And I think that that's what this series will do for you. It will help you imagine it because imagination becomes reality. We manifest what we think about. I've been wanting to bring a first chakra master on the podcast to talk about the foundational energy of money because the balance to our highest connected spiritual energy is our earthly energy, to our survival here in the physical world. Money is such a misunderstood energy because it's not talked about enough in its most positive sense, and it's not taught as a necessity for us to understand it on a fundamental level. So most people have a lot of fear around it, just not knowing what to do with it, what they should think about it. I know I've certainly spent plenty of time trying to understand it. That seems to be part of the entrepreneurial journey because we're wired differently. We're more willing to take risks and try some things and allow ourselves to be successful and then to fail at some things and fall down and then get back up again. It's kind of an interesting dance. One of my business mentors, James Wedmore, has a lot to share about his journey from starting out as a bartender and teaching people how to mix drinks and then doing that on video on YouTube. And from there, teaching people how to make YouTube videos. And he had success and failed and had more success as he worked his way along the continuum to where he is now as an eight-figure online entrepreneur. So we can learn a lot from James about money. And the more important thing about James is that he is coming from a spiritual perspective. He teaches from a spiritual perspective. That's not always where he was coming from. He likes to call it the Wedmore Woo, where he is now. But and in his words, he was not a woo-woo kind of guy. Very practical, didn't want to have anything to do with intuition and that kind of thing. He just didn't believe in it. But higher consciousness has a way of continuing to present itself to you until you can't deny it. So here on the Naked Vibe Show, over the next month, James has some incredible lessons for you about money from a very practical level, from a manifestation level, a spiritual level, and 
I have some amazing free resources in this arena, and I'm so excited that I have a master money teacher right here for you on the Naked Vibe Show podcast. You probably know me primarily as an artist, singer, musician, voice talent, speaker, and author, and you might also know me as an entrepreneur with coaching and digital products I've created, and I've been able to generate extra income with those digital products. If you're an artist, coach, or other service provider, and you'd like to know how I've done that, how to add supplemental income, you're going to want to subscribe to the show so you don't miss a single episode over this next month. Because if you only added an extra one to $2,000 a month to your income, that might be a game changer for you. Or maybe it's time for you to pivot and start the business you've always dreamed of but haven't known how to get going. Well, you are in for a treat this month on the podcast. So I want to introduce you to James Wedmore, who has the best resources for learning how to create a digital business and sell to people who already want what you have, even if you don't know what that is yet. Seriously. Every year, he does a free live training that rivals most paid business programs. As he says, he pulls back the curtain, pops open the hood, and shows his students everything that he and his team do to run an eight-figure-a-year online expert digital business. So whether you're just thinking about it or just starting out, or you've been at it for a while, but you've been struggling and know you're meant for more, save the date in your calendar right now for June 1st, when Rise of the Digital CEO begins. That's James's free live event, and I can tell you it is awesome. I did it last year, and I'm going to be there again this year because there's always something new to learn. I've got a link in the show notes for you that will put you on the wait list for this free event and also get you going immediately with his free ebook, Hardwired for Entrepreneurship. I'll also put a link to James's CEO dashboard, which is just a cool, simple, but powerful tool to help you with the nuts and bolts of getting your business started or growing your business. It shows you exactly what you need to focus on so that you don't get distracted chasing all kinds of things. This will help you dial in to what's most important for your success. And along with James's upcoming training, I'll be doing a special live training to help you master your presentation skills so you can enjoy sharing your voice, your expertise, and your wisdom with others. So many people report hating the sound of their voice or seeing themselves on video, but these are powerful skills you need in your arsenal. My voice is on thousands of systems, commercials, and recorded training all over the world. In addition to years of live performance as a singer-songwriter, opening shows for some of the biggest acts in music, David Bowie, Bonnie Raitt, Sarah McLaughlin, and more. I can help you get comfortable with your presentations. All of this training from James and from me are all building blocks to help you have the confidence and the skills you need to be a successful entrepreneur. 
So with James's permission, I'm going to bring you a podcast within a podcast. I'm really excited for you to hear what he has to share. You'll find his approach to money to be very refreshing and aligned with all the energy things you're used to hearing me share here on the Naked Vibes show. James is also an aspiring guitar player, by the way, and extremely connected to the joy of life and the vibrancy he gets from surfing, from hiking and living in Sedona, and showing up as a masculine, heart-centered man whom I believe to be an example of good leadership. And you know you hear me talk a lot about how our world is in need of more heart-centered masculine leaders. You'll also hear James's partner, Jennifer Finley, in this conversation with him. You guys are going to love this. Here's James Wedmore. Get ready to start thinking differently about money. Naked Vibes. James Wedmore here. And Jennifer Finley. We love to speak to passionate, extraordinary entrepreneurs like yourself on how to create wildly abundant success all from the inside out. And this is a very special episode we have in store for you today, all about hardwired for entrepreneurship. The premise is simple. I took my business to eight figures a year. It's been that way consistently for several years. And I believe that is because I think differently. I was teased and made fun of for all the weird things I did growing up as a kid. (laughs) Even in college, everywhere we'd go, I'd point out, oh, look at that marketing scam or oh, look at what they're doing here at Target when they put this in front of you here. So you'll buy that. And everyone was like, why are you doing that? Why do you always (laughs) point these things out? And I always had an idea. One of my buddies, my roommate in college, his name for me was Pack Rat. Because every week I'd come home or every weekend I'd come home with a ton of junk that I got at garage sales because I'd be selling it on eBay the next day. And so all he saw in his mind was junk. But what he didn't notice is that it was inventory that was coming (laughs) and going. And so I've always thought a little differently. I'll never forget going. I was young. I was 22, 23. I was like right out of college. And I uh, maybe was like 24, 25. And I went to a friend's gathering thing at their house. And I had just finished the website and the first video for bartendforprofit.com, my online bartending, my first online business. I'm in a bow tie and a vest. And it's like a five minute video of me actually at a bar saying, hello, James Warhan. And I was so impressed and proud of this video. And I couldn't wait to show it to all these friends. And I'll never forget. I forget the girl's name. But if I saw as you should, as I should, but <laughs> if I saw her in a lineup, I'd see her. And I finished that video. Like literally I was so like, dumb and naive. I just thought everyone was going to like erupt in applause, like with this little sales video that I made. And this girl did that compulsive laughing thing. Like (laughs) what the hell was that? And just laughing at me. So I've always thought differently. I attribute so much of the success I have to my ability to think differently. I look at my students and I look at their success and the ability to support them. And it has so much to do with us thinking differently. That's what this episode is about. A very simple premise, entrepreneurs and successful entrepreneurs think differently than the average person, what we call the normies. And if you want to be an entrepreneur, (laughs) a successful one, we're going to have to start training you on how to think differently. And that's what this episode is about. This is inspired by a little book I wrote called Hardwired for Entrepreneurship. I wrote it a few years ago and it like came through me so fast that it scared the crap out of me. I had to put it away 
you know, couldn't finish it, couldn't look at it. And then, and you know, you kind of get in your head, like, what if I can't end it as well as I started it? Mm. And then I reviewed it this year and I'm like, wow, it still holds up. So true. So I did a 2023 version of it and it's available for free. Grab your copy. Also, when you opt in for that, you get a free audiobook version. Start reading this book because this is important. Everyone out there on the internet and it's, you know, cause you're asking for it is telling you what to do, what to do, what to do, what to do, what should I do? Do this, do this step one, step two, step 75. And the most valuable thing I can offer you, I can give you all the steps, but the most valuable thing I can offer you is a different perspective. And when we change the way we, that's how we open the book, by the way, when you change that quote, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, your world changes. And as a result, your life changes. And that's what had to change for me to get to where I am today. And I'm so passionate about this topic. It's everything to me. You know, there's all these, it's really funny. I'm going to be a jerk for a moment. I never used the word mindset. Let's just set the record straight for this. The podcast is called Mind Your Business for a couple of reasons. It has a double entendre. Yes. You know, but mind your business is really like the divine mind. Mm. And people don't really get that. It's tapping into the divine mind. Like mm-hmm. the, what is the first principle, the hermetic principle of Hermes Trustman's justice, the Kabbalion. All is mind. All is mind. So mind your business. Also, it's like, don't worry about what anyone else is doing. So just mind your business. Mind your beeswax. But people just go like, you know, mindset. Oh, James is the mindset guy. And then I have haters because I trigger a lot of people because I don't know, I'm just a contrarian with my, my <laughs> thinkings and perspectives. And there's all these people that go out and it's really funny because I never said this, but they're like, it's not all about mindset. And it's like, well, no one's saying it is, but right now I will say that. I mean, I love mindset. But it's it doesn't a lot matter. About love mindset. it or hate it. I don't care. As a man thinketh, so it, shall listen, he be. Listen, I'm going to say this and just come at me, brah. Come at me, brah. It is all mindset. And when you say it isn't all mindset, guess what, brah? That's your mindset. Clap back, James. <laughs> That's your mindset, brah. <laughs> and this is my mindset, brah, is that it's all mindset. Because if I say by my definition, now you might have some fancier definition, but I have my definition. Mindset is just really our attention. Mm-hmm. It's our attention and energy in motion. So what are we feeding moment by moment? Mm -hmm. And how I choose to look at things, how I choose to see things, is what has caused my energy, my focus, my choices, my actions, my habits and behaviors. It's all mindset, brah. And that's because it's all frequency. And what you feed is where your frequency goes. Yes. So it is all mindset. So welcome to the all mindset podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh. Am <laughs> <laughs> I like, I'm in trouble laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I want to talk to you about today. Grab your free PDF. It's a book. I wrote it. Grab the audio book. Listen. The kids can listen to. Get your mindset for entrepreneurship. On your marks. <laughs> Get mindset. (laughs) Go! So where do you want me to begin? Let's start with what you said about entrepreneurs think differently. Because I can say from experience that I witness this 
on a daily. Oh, it's got to be awful. Daily basis. I find it like endlessly I'm so amusing. Sorry. I'm it's, this way. It's so entertaining. <laughs> so, okay. The like. James does think differently about so many things. And we used to joke in college, even at like age 20, that no matter what we were doing, James could find a way to make it to make money. You know, like I, (laughs) like I remember finally at one point when we were doing the remodel and you were building the camper van, it was like, Oh wow. I was talking to my twin sister and I was like, yeah, this is like one of his first hobbies where I've seen it just be like pure hobby, not trying to make money, not, (laughs) and then like cut to one month later, he's like, Jen, guess what I did? I started a kit.co. Now anyone building a camper van (laughs) can go on to my kit.co and buy all the things that I bought. And we're starting a camper van rental company out in Sedona. Well, that idea came later, but well, no, it actually was in the back of my mind the whole time. The whole I just, time, I didn't, I don't, t- I don't tell you everything. <laughs> the Taylor Swift song mastermind is now playing in my head. Two things. Number one, I think <laughs> it feels like I was born this way. And a lot of people, when I start telling some of these stories, they're like, Oh, I was never like that growing up. And it's like, that's okay. Everything I'm about to share with you, you get to choose to adopt this as well. This is nothing like, oh, I'm just not wired this way, so I can't ever be. That's called a fixed mindset, and this is what we want is a growth mindset. And then piggybacking off of that, a lot of what I'm going to say, you're going to call bullshit on, and that's your problem. So this is a concept in the book I call the guardian of the mind, where you have this little soldier at the gate of your brain, and it is deciding what comes in, what stays in, you name it. And it is rejecting anything that threatens your pre-existing model of the world. So if it doesn't believe it, if it threatens, if it disagrees with something you've already chosen to be true, then it will reject it. And you will say things like, Jen, do you know what some of these examples of what the guardian of the mind start to sound like in our head? Tell me. So like, is this making sense? Or the, um, is that true? I don't know if I agree with that. Like that Mm. kind of a thing. I heard something differently. Mm. Mm, no, that won't like work that, for me. Right? No, I've tried that and it didn't work before. Right. Something or I've already like heard that or I've never heard that. Therefore, it's not. Or I don't know, maybe all of that. My brother and I used to make fun of my dad because my brother would like come home and like teach him something. He's like, dad, did you know blah, 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 blah. And my dad would always say the same thing. Hmm, that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dad, did you know in like 1814 this happened? I read it in history. Hmm, that might be true. And it was such Love an interesting it. thing. It's like, if I hadn't heard it Listen, and learned it, the man lived through Vietnam. <laughs> if I haven't heard it, if I haven't learned yeah. it already, then it must not be true. And yeah. We all have that. Fake news. <laughs> and we all are deploying that like right now you're even, do- Oh, I think I've heard this before. You're doing it again. And so a lot of what I share and we begin to open you up to is going to like go so against that and really flare up and threaten. And and that's why a lot of people get triggered because it's like, that's not true. (laughs) And so much less is capital T truth than what we actually think. Like things happen to us. We observe things and then we just decided this is the way it is. And we've cemented our mindset. We've created a fixed mindset around reality. And the problem with a fixed mindset is that you're not fixed. And you're growing and you want to grow and you want to change and you want other things you never had before, but you want to not think or do anything differently. That's just never going to happen. And, you know, maybe this is a rabbit hole for another time, but I believe that at this stage of 
YouTube education, we have proven that human beings in this era have been conditioned, trained, and institutionalized to think like employees, not think like entrepreneurs. And everything in society reconditions that, including the school system that was created in the industrial yeah. age. And so this divergent thinking isn't encouraged or taught in school. And even saying so, that f- gets people all upset. That's really? not true. Really? I, I've done posts saying oh what goodness. you learned in school will keep you broke as an entrepreneur. And people have like tried to find my address so they could murder me. Like I get literal death threats from that. I am death threats. Well, of my maybe future. not everything you learned, but certainly, I mean, you can look up the bell system as like, what were we doing with ringing a bell when your class is over? We were training people to the factory, move factory bell. when a bell rings. No, look at this. Okay. Everything is about asking for permission to ask a question. You have to raise your hand and be called on mm-hmm. to go to the bathroom. You have to get permission. Everything is about once you pass, then you can move on. So it's all about how to be obedient and ask for permission and wait until you get and it, get approval and get approval. And then we go out and say, I want to do something that's never been done before. I want to create something that's never been created. That's what an entrepreneur is. It's an innovative, right. creative yes. individual. And how many of you are still waiting for permission or, how many approval. Of, or approval? How many of you are waiting for someone to say you're ready, right? Even when yes. we say we're a newbie, we've put ourselves into a class or a level, huh. right? And then we wait there until someone says we're not in that anymore. Look at how they value intelligence or being smart. It's based on short-term memorization skills. Yeah. Here's some facts, cram it into your brain and then regurgitate it back on a test. And I know this is like the majority, but not the all it's a generalization. I understand that. But so much of what we're taught is you are smart if you can memorize facts. And if you're smart, you're high value and you will be successful. I know folks, I know some people that make way more money than you and I, and they weigh dumber than us. Okay. Intelligence has nothing to do with entrepreneurial success with financial abundance at all. And you will sit there and see people and say, I don't get it. I'm smarter than them. In fact, it's a lot of the very smart people that just become intellectuals that go on to reteach. They become great teachers, great professors, which is wonderful. And we need that. But there's a huge argument in the book for the public. I, I can only speak from my own experience. The public education system in the United States does not set up entrepreneurs for success. And if you think that is the case, then either you're not successful as an entrepreneur. You didn't go to the public education system because every single thing that I had to do to get here is a lot of unlearning. Mm. Just the whole thing of valuing hard work. So much of that is, is be smarter and work harder, Mm -hmm. right? Be more intelligent. And what does intelligent mean? Memorizing facts and dates and, and regurgitating them on tests. Well, what if you were a bad test taker and someone told you you were dumb? How easily was that for you at a young age to then say, therefore, I won't amount to anything. Therefore, I won't be successful. And your future is now doomed because of that decision. And that's ridiculous. Now, if you want to go down this rabbit hole, this is something I do get, as you can tell, very passionate about. <laughs> Sir Ken Robinson. Did you ever go down that rabbit hole? Sir Ken Robinson? Sir Ken Robinson. He's He's got done all these TED Talks. He's all over YouTube. Go Google him. He's unbelievable and amazing. He talks about education reform and it's a lot of like, it's a lot of like genius IQs and and creativity tasks and how there's so many ways to tap into the brain. And so we had one of our amazing mastermind members. I have to give a huge shout out to Keith Mills with finishmoremusic.com. I asked him to do a presentation and a workshop for the mastermind and it was was badass. It was all on creativity. (laughs) Yeah. And there's an exercise 
in there that's a famous exercise and it's how many uses for a paperclip can you think of and you write down how many and he gives you like an X amount of minutes. And in that time period, the average person in the room came up with about six to eight uses for a paperclip. It's this really interesting thing where we continue to like numb and dull our creativity. And like you ask a little kid, how many uses for a paperclip? And it skyrockets because they start going, well, what's it made out of? And yeah. you know, how big is it? And is it still made out of metal or is it this? And, you know, and it expands because of that. And it's, it's unbelievable. So entrepreneurship is creative and I've always been very creative problem solving. I have a, there's a story in the book where I got in big trouble and I got called into the principal's office because we had career day and on career day, they put us in a little room about twice the size of this office. And on one side of the room, there were those foldable tables and, uh, file folder boxes all across, like, you know, for 16 feet long, there was these tables of file folder boxes and they were filled with files and it was like A through C, D through F or whatever. And you'd thumb through them and they were the titles in alphabetical order of jobs. That was career day at my high school. Really? And I was 17 years old and I'm like, this is a joke, total joke. Now at the time for a little bit of context, I was already doing $2,000 a week at 17 after school, selling <laughs> motorcycle parts on the internet, right? Yeah. So I chose ambulance driver and crane operator because they had to choose two career paths to call the day complete. And so I just pulled two that I thought were stupid, you know, ridiculous, not stupid, but random ridiculous, you know, just like, sure. And I'm an ambulance. I'm not an, you know, I'm not an EMT. I'm just the driver. I didn't want to be an EMT. So I was like, I just want to be the driver. And then I want to operate a crane. Why not? Right. And I mean, it was just like dog trainer, you know, it was like D dog trainer, you know, it was like, just put me in a box. Why don't you quite literally. And at 17, I'm so proud of myself and I'm so proud of my parents because they called me in and they said, you know, your son didn't take career day seriously. And they all look at me and they said, why not? And I said, cause I'm already making more money than you. I'm not going to take career advice from you. And they did not like that. And in front of him, I got in very big trouble from my parents, but my dad was very proud of me afterwards. He's <laughs> like, you were spot on. I don't know what you're doing, but keep on freaking doing it. I wish you would it. have said, I didn't take it seriously because you didn't take it seriously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Wait, I was a jerk. You I, were serious about that? I, I was a jerk. I'm, you know, I'm still like a, a smart ass like that, but I'm very passionate about these things because, you know, I also got really hard on myself around that time because I didn't know where I wanted to go to college and all like the kids, I almost said friends, but I didn't have any, uh, started figuring out what they wanted to do with their lives. And it was already people going to culinary school because they wanted to be a chef and, and a doctor and a lawyer and all this stuff. And I, I remember feeling very discouraged and very hard on myself. And that was a very natural predisposition for me to be very hard on myself. You want to let that go. Cause that's not going to help you. And I had this moment, I was actually on St. Anne's and Glenary at the stop sign several set, like a 15 years later. And I had this light bulb moment epiphany because back then I was the YouTube guy and I just made a million dollars selling my $97 course, Video Traffic Academy. And I had this moment and I must've been because that was now my hometown that I was back living in where I went to high school and maybe some kind of like past version of me cross timelines at the same location of 10, 15 years later. And I realized 
how silly it was that I was so hard on myself that I didn't know what I wanted to do with my future, but my future hadn't been created yet. There was no YouTube in 2002. Mm -hmm. There was no online business coaching or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Doing what we do now today did not exist. And so the world is changing at a rate that is unbelievable and it's accelerating even faster. AI, we weren't talking about AI, not that I'm talking about it, but we as society, we're not talking about it 12 months ago and look at how it's accelerated just in six months. Right. And so to sit there and say your career for the next 20, 30, 40 years of your life is in a box based on what we've done for the past 20, 30, 40, 50 years of society was a joke to me. I knew that back then. I know it even more today and it does get a lot of hate, but I'm not trying to offer disrespect because I actually think teachers are one of the most valuable roles that we could possibly have in society. I I look at myself as a teacher. I'm very passionate about teaching. It's more that it's a public education system in which the teachers are a part of that I firmly believe does not set us up for success. And so why I say all that is to sit there and say, chances are it's a whole lifetime of that that is fighting against some of what I'm offering here today. And that's my point is that some of this this may be operating from old school versus new school or just pure unconscious incompetence. And then you're moving people into that first level of I didn't see it, but now I see it and moving from those levels from unconscious incompetence into conscious incompetence can be confronting, jarring, or ruffle your feathers, yeah. you know, because you go, wait, I never saw that before. Because we have so collapsed. Do I agree with that? We have so collapsed our beliefs with our identity that to admit something we believe is wrong, we simultaneously look at ourselves as wrong or stupid. And that's never the case. And you never want to go there. I never want to go there with my students you holding on to an inaccurate belief or an ineffective belief for what you want says nothing about who you are. Yeah. Right? If you didn't know any better and if you're doing something you never done before, how would you know better? And there was another thing I learned when you're adopting beliefs or belief systems, you choose the beliefs that empower you. So if some of these beliefs empower you as an entrepreneur or fuel you or make you feel more inspired, Mm -hmm. then you can stand in them as if they're true for you without having to know that they're universally, absolutely true everywhere, always for everyone. And that in and itself should be empowering. It's like you choose the belief based on how powerful it makes you feel to continue to believe that. And if you've changed, changed fields, changed directions, changed identities, like employee to entrepreneur, chances are some of the things that empowered you in that context won't empower you today. And that's, I'm going to point out in in a bit. So I'm going to bring some up and here's something. We have a coaching methodology that we teach and deliver. And in it, I teach several different frameworks and exercises for working through beliefs and letting go and replacing beliefs. But I'm going to give you a great one that I really enjoy because it's very simple. And this is from the work of Byron Katie. You can Google this. It's just Byron Katie, four questions, and you can write this down right now. It's technically three questions. But if, as we're going, a belief begins to come up now, belief is really, there's two types of beliefs. There's a belief of this means this, or this is this. They are that money is this business is that entrepreneurship is this business is tough. That would be an example of belief. A equals B. There's also beliefs about 
cause and effect. Like if this happens, that will happen. If I sell, people will hate me. You know, that's a mm. cause and effect type belief. So if those come up, you write them down and you can try these four questions. First of all, question one is, is it true? So you write down the belief on a piece of paper and you say, is this true? And if the answer is no, then you can skip the next question. But if you say yes to this, then the second question you want to ask is, can you absolutely know that it's true? Like 100% of the time. Then question three, how do you react when this happens or when you believe this thought? How do you feel? What other emotions come up? What else do you say to yourself? And what else do you do? What other actions or behaviors? And question four is who would you be without this thought? Like if you let mm. this go now, who mm -hmm. would you be without this thought? And then what I want you to do is try to just reverse that initial belief, like say the opposite of it and try that on. Okay. So that's just something to kind of keep up if you want to do some exercises as we go through this. So you said something a moment ago, Jen, where you said like, oh, I see that now. I want to then go to here, which is the most, if there's like one takeaway from this whole conversation today, it's a very powerful line that I've used and said over and over again for a long time, which is how you see business determines what's possible for you. So how you see business, and that includes, when I say business, I mean, how do you see marketing, sales, you, your audience, your competitors, yourself in business, all that. How you see all that determines what is possible for you. Now, the tricky thing is that how you see business is not what business is. That's how it occurs to you. It's the cognitive lens. Right. And so if we have goggles on that say business is tough, business is cutthroat, business is too masculine, business is all numbers, then that is how it occurs to you. And how it occurs to you is how you will react to it. It will determine what you do next. It'll determine how you feel. It'll determine your choices and your actions and you didn't even know it. So that's why the late Wayne Dyer said, when you change the things you look at, the things you look at change. And so we can keep saying, you know, what do I need to do in all the seven steps? But I mean, we have processes in BBD and there's people that try to go through those same processes. And until they do that internal work, like it doesn't work, mm -hmm. you know? So we need to start there. How you see business determines what is possible. I think that's really true. What's coming up for me right now is, is a memory of, I used to think business is just a bunch of numbers and I'm not a numbers person. Right. And I had a mentor. And there's two things there. There's business is numbers and how I see myself is I'm not a numbers person. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a mentor that saw that I was really good at the leadership part of it, which is a huge part of business. And right. one day she said, what do you see when you look at this spreadsheet? It was like, you know, a spreadsheet with all sorts of numbers on it, yeah. hours, budget, yada, yada. And I said, just a bunch of numbers. And she was like, okay, sit down with me and I'm going to teach you how to story tell with these numbers. Mm -hmm. And suddenly all of these numbers are going to start to become people and their lives. And that conversation completely transformed the way that I viewed the data. Yep. And exactly. you're right. That's exactly what happened. It was like all of a sudden what was possible was I could learn how to become a businesswoman and before it was like, no, no, that's for people who like math. Right. And I, <laughs> I'm bad at math. So what you said is a very common sentiment. I hear it all the time. So there's two things to unpack. First off, you're not a numbers person. That is such baloney. You know how to do simple math 
addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Don't tell me you're not a numbers person. You can do math. You can use a calculator. It wasn't even about being good at it. It was about not enjoying it. Right. And it doesn't matter if you don't enjoy it. It's like, I'm not going to do my taxes this year because I'm just not a tax person, right? <laughs> like you don't have to enjoy everything yeah. and you don't have to spend all day with the numbers. Right, and right. then yeah, when we go, no, I know. oh, business is just numbers. No, 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 no. Business is numbers, but it's not just numbers. Business is numbers because you can't grow what you can't measure. Well, you know, you're preaching to the choir now. I'm a huge data oh, person I, now. I know. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to our listeners because this is a very common thing, right? So business is numbers, but it's not just numbers. Mm -hmm. So there is numbers and you don't have to enjoy numbers to know your numbers. But if you don't know your numbers, then you don't know what you're measuring and you can't grow what you can't measure. So don't be upset when your business doesn't grow. But I even think there's a way to start enjoying them. You have to start enjoying them yeah. if, if you want to be happier. But the moment you start enjoying them, you get to enjoy them is you're going to realize I don't need a lot of numbers and it actually gives you more peace of mind because more often than not, you are growing and seeing progress when your emotions have been telling you that you haven't been. A lot of people say, I feel like I'm starting over. I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like, and then I go, well, let's look at the numbers. And I said, well, the numbers are telling me something different. So, yeah. and it's not that, oh, but my emotions are true. It's like, yeah, but your thoughts just lied to you because you didn't have data yeah. and data is based in some sort of hard evidence. Yes. Personally, I don't see that as masculine. I see that as neutral. I think there's masculine, feminine, neutral and just reality. Like I hit the desk. That's just like, what's so I see that as just a neutrality of the situation. So five people raised their hand. How many people? Five. That's what happened. That's what is, that's what's reality. That's what happened. Now, if we just look at that, we can go to both a masculine and feminine perspective on that. Go I ahead. think that the reason that numbers get a rap for being masculine is because of the hemispheres of the brain that contain the area in which you decipher yeah. mathematics, logic, deduction, yeah, I understand and then that. emotion, creativity. And so we've kind of, even though that's true that there, yeah. that we divide things, everything that's on the planet has duality. We've divided yes. it into yeah. like categories, but I agree with you. It's faulty to think, but, but, but I think oh, to be numerical is masculine. Right. No. And I think it's just people take these things and they swing them to such an extreme as a cop out. I don't care how, you know, you, you can't sit here and say, if I say, Hey, how many people are in this room with you? And you say, I'm too feminine to figure that out. It's actually a lot less than what people think it is. It's just a handful of numbers. And one of those is sales. And so we're going to start with a couple of things. You're listening to the naked five show. Guys, there's so much more to this juicy episode, and I want to stop here and put the rest of it in a part two episode, just so that you have time to digest some of what James has been teaching here, and Jen brought up some really good questions for him, and probably some of the same ones that you've had. I know I have. If you're wondering whether you have what it takes to have your own business to live an entrepreneurial lifestyle, listen to this episode again because you'll absorb even more than the first time. 
and go back to my Master Your Energy series. You'll find all those episodes on NakedVibes.com so you can understand better how your energy flows and how you can harness that energy to live each day at the top of your game because living and working as an entrepreneur requires that. It doesn't mean we don't have off days, but what it does mean is that you are the CEO of yourself. You're the CEO of your company, of your endeavors. So you have to live in a mindset that allows you to show up that way. I can give you the tools for learning how to master that energy, how to understand it. And James is so great at teaching how to take it then and move it into boots on the ground strategy. I really appreciate James and Jen for taking the time to record this in their podcast and allowing me to use it so that it can reach more people because they and I want to see you thrive. I want to remind you to go to the show notes on nakedvibes.com and click on the link to get your free ebook from James, which will also put you on the wait list for his upcoming free live training, Rise of the Digital CEO, which starts on June 1st. And when you sign up for his courses through me, you're going to get a bonus live training to help you hone your presentation skills so you can really show up powerfully in front of an audience, whether that be on a Zoom call or in an arena full of people. These are skills that if you master them can make a huge difference in your professionalism, your ability to command more money for presentations, your confidence level, your ability to inspire influence, and lead others. It's a skill that gives back exponentially. So I am excited to do this live training for you in addition to the training that you're going to get from James. I will be telling you more about this over the coming weeks. So get ready for that. It is some powerful stuff. I hope you've enjoyed hearing my mentor, James Wedmore, and First Chakra Energy Master. New perceptions on money and business can be life-changing. When we're serving others with integrity, money and business become a wonderful part of having good relationships with people. So if you have a dream of starting your own business or creating a product from your knowledge, do not hesitate to get James's free ebook, Hardwired for Entrepreneurship. Go to the show notes on nakedvibes.com, click the link, and it'll take you there. Remember to subscribe to The Naked Vibe Show so you don't miss an episode. I'm going to have more amazing things to share from James for a full month because I believe it's so vital to our well-being to have positive conversations about money and wealth building because out of our abundant wealth, we can do so much in the world while also experiencing the joy of creating and sharing from our own wisdom and life lessons. You never know what you may have to share that can be life-changing for another person. I'm excited to be talking with you about money and to have someone I really respect who has walked his own long journey from struggling to having an eight-figure online business. It's really amazing. And we really need teachers who excel in every chakra energy level, if you will, because we don't all come in knowing how to manage every type of energy. So we depend on one another and the sharing of our experiences so that we can learn and grow. Many thanks to James for being on the podcast today. Until next time, love big. 
You have the freedom to be naked and unashamed about who you truly are. Stand in the truth, love big, and you are aligned with the greatest power in the universe. I'm Kimberly Kane, and this is Naked Vibes. <music>